This is the Fixer Upper Marriage Podcast, because marriage without maintenance will break. Together, we are learning how to make marriage and love better. I am your happily married host, Jason Parham. When fixing up a house, unexpected and costly problems can occur. Likewise, in marriage, unexpected problems and setbacks are sure to happen. It is in these times that success or failure in your marriage is determined. Listen in to the Fixer Upper Marriage class as we discuss how you can overcome problems in your marriage. If you find this podcast episode helpful to you, consider sharing it with a friend. For additional content and to follow along with the show notes, visit fixeruppermarriage.org slash problems. So here it is. How you can overcome problems in your marriage when things go wrong with your fixer-upper. How you can overcome problems in your marriage. When fixing up a house, things can go wrong, right? And we have it in our house. Things go wrong all the time. Maybe broken pipes or a broken air conditioner or... Maybe termites get in, you're trying to fix your house up, and oh my goodness, you discover that there's a termite problem that you didn't know was there. Maybe you didn't expect this problem to be there, and it was. Unexpected problems and setbacks come, and it it messes up your budget, right? I mean, you have so much allotted to fix up a house, and now things are really messed up. And in marriage, things also go wrong, and you have problems, and they come unexpectedly. They come in all shapes and sizes. Here's some examples of problems that can come in your marriage broken marriage covenant, maybe grief or loss or physical or emotional problems or some of the worst problems that you have are faith and church problems. You can restore and recover from problems in your marriage with God's help. And there we're going to learn about some ways to help overcome problems in your marriage. Number one, make sure you keep growing in your faith in God. Make sure you keep growing in your faith in God. Understand the dangers of having a stagnant faith. Understand that your faith being stagnant is a dangerous thing. You know, your faith in God should always be growing. There are times in my faith when I feel like my faith maybe is not growing like it should, or my faith is regressing a little bit. But you know, God doesn't want us, our faith to be stagnant. We should always be growing. Growing in your faith is critical for being a thriving Christian and having, having a godly marriage. You know, God is always speaking to me about something I know that I need to get right in my life and in my heart. I mean, always seems like I get victory over one thing and now God's speaking to me about something else. But that's the way your Christian life should be. You should always be growing. You should never be in a place where you're stagnant, where you're not going anywhere. You're not moving forward at all. It's a danger in that. And when you get in your marriage and you start having problems in your marriage and your personal walk is not what it should be and you're stagnant in your personal life, it really hinders you as you try to make things right. Also, when you're actively responding to the Spirit of God in your life, you're growing in ways that you may or may not be able to see. You know, if, you ever, if you've ever planted a garden from seed, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, you go out there and you put, I like to do cucumbers. I love the taste of fresh cucumbers from a garden. And you go out and you put the cucumbers in the ground and you plant them and you go out the next day and nothing happens, right? Then you try to water it and nothing happens. Maybe you put some fertilizer down and nothing happens. And then a few weeks go by and all of a sudden you see a little sprout come out of the ground. Well, even though all those weeks you nothing appear, appeared to be happening below the surface, 
Something was going on. Something was happening. And finally something came forward. And eventually you get to enjoy the fruit of the cucumbers, right? You get a cucumber salad and just eat cucumbers and share them until you get sick of eating cucumbers. Or, or my favorite is uh, tomatoes are another one of my favorites from the garden around here. It's so easy to grow tomatoes around here. It's so, so tasty to have a tomato sandwich, right? But a lot goes on underneath the ground that we don't really see. And that's the way it is in our faith with God. Even though we don't see that things are going on, when we put forth the effort to be right with God, there is something going on. God is doing something in our heart and progressing us and moving us forward for his will. God is working as long as your heart is willing and open to him. There's a danger when we settle for a stagnant faith, when we don't respond right. And the Bible admonishes us in first, uh, Second Peter chapter 1 and verse number 5. The Bible admonishes us to be consistent in our faith and our growth in the Lord. The Bible says, and beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge and to knowledge temperance and to temperance patience and to patience godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So God admonishes us to grow our faith. So when we get to this area, then we grow in another area. And then when he adds this to our faith, now God add this to my faith. So God admonishes us to grow in our faith. And it's important to be consistent. Learn to be consistent in seeking the Lord. You know, there's a value in doing things every day to have a relationship with the Lord, even when or especially when you're having problems. You know, at times you feel like you're wasting your time, right? When sometimes it feels like I read my Bible, what am I, I'm wasting my time. I could be doing something else. But you know what? When we're consistent, we allow God the opportunity to speak to our heart. We're consistent even we don't feel like it, even though we don't see what's going on. When we're consistent, God gives him the opportunity to speak to our hearts and to work our life and to grow us. God is working your heart in ways that you may not be able to comprehend. I think about the book of Psalms in Psalm chapter one in verse number three, the Bible says this. And he shall be like the wise man, shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. You should be thinking about your relationship with the Lord with a long term picture, just like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water. What, just like that tree that's there, it becomes established over the years. And just like that garden we were talking about a second ago, that underneath the ground, what's that tree got going on? It's got a whole root system down there. You ever seen a tree be uprooted? I mean, sometimes there's more under the ground than there is actually showing above the ground. And you know those trees that really have a good root system? That's the ones when a storm comes by, when things really start to go wrong. That tree that has a really good root system is the one that's going to be left standing at the end of the day, isn't it? You've seen it. It's the trees that have the good roots, good, really grounded. That's the way our walk with the Lord should be. We should have really good roots, even when things we don't think anything's going on, even in those times when by, by being consistent in those times, when we're ha- even when we're having problems, in being consistent in your personal walk with the Lord, you make yourself established. You make yourself strong. You make your relationship with the Lord stronger for him. Learn to be consistent in seeking the Lord. The following are examples of ways you can consistently grow your faith. Number one, systematically read the Bible. Some people read the Bible through it a year or read the Bible twice in a year. You don't have to do that. Just be consistent every day in something. Maybe you read through a psalm every day or you do something systematically every day to read the Bible. 
pray through Bible verses or passages. This is something that I've done in the past and I really like to do it. I like to do more of this is take a psalm and pray through that psalm. Ask God to speak to your heart with the words that are coming from that psalm. So you can it's something you can do, things you can do every day to grow your faith. Set a specific block of time every day just to focus on the Lord. I have a, a busy schedule normally, so a lot of times, even though I get up early a lot, I try to set aside a specific block of time. Okay, this is my time. I have to leave in 45 minutes. I'm going to take 20 or 30 minutes and try my best to read my Bible and pray the best I can. Be consistent. Be consistent to grow your faith. There's things you do that nobody sees, and sometimes you don't even see the results of what's going on. You know what? There's something going on below the surface. You're grounding yourself. You're rooting yourself in Christ. And this helps you when you have problems in your marriage. Memorize relevant Bible verses that apply to your life right now. Find a verse that's meaningful for your situation and just memorize it. You would be surprised at how it helps you spiritually. Even though you may be going through problems in your marriage, refocus yourself on your own personal walk with the Lord. And you would be surprised at what God does for you. Listen to audio Bibles. That's a great way to grow your faith. Liz, there are all kinds of resources now online where you can go and you can download on your phone. You can download to your computer and you can actually listen to the Bible. They even have it dramatized for you. Several ways to get dramatized Bibles. I even have one on my phone that I listen to from time to time. And it has music in the background. And when they don't just read it like Alexander Scorby, you know, they they make the little inflections in their voice and different people play the different parts. But there's ways you can listen to audio, the Bible and audio that helps you to be grow in your faith. Faithfully attend church even when it's not convenient. You know, there's times I've come to church and maybe I didn't really want to come to church. There are times I've come to church and it was hard to come to church. Maybe I've worked all day and I'm really tired. I'd love to go home and just lay down or just relax and have some me time, right? But being faithful and consistent in church, even when you don't feel like going, goes a long way to establishing roots in your life. It's a long way to helping you be strong in the Lord. Faithfully attend church. And how about this actively engage when you're listening to sermons? You know what, when the preacher, when your pastor, when you're listening to a message, actively engage in that message. Whether Pull out a piece of paper and take notes or ask yourself questions about what the points are or try to, in your mind, try to focus on what the preacher is saying. This goes a long way into making you be spiritual. Learn to be consistent in seeking the Lord. Don't allow problems to distract from your faith. You know, if you're not careful, when you start having problems in your life and in your marriage, you'll neglect your relationship with the Lord which is the absolute worst thing you can do as a Christian. Therefore, it's important that you give yourself opportunities. You give God opportunities to speak to you. You say, well, God is not speaking to me. God hasn't spoke to me. Well, have you given him the chance to speak to you? Maybe if you gave him that block of time where he could speak to you, he would. Maybe if you tried to memorize a Bible verse, he would, he would give him the opportunity to speak to you. Maybe if you tried to be engaged when you're listening to a message, maybe that would give God that opportunity to speak to you. Even when you think he's not, God is listening to you. If you're saved and you know the Lord, you're his child and you sincerely come to him, God is listening to you even when you don't think that he is. And this is a confidence, the Bible says, that if we this is a confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And we know that if he hear us, we have the petitions that we desired of him. So we know that we ask God, we learn this in 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 14 and 15, that if we ask him for something, he hears us. We're his children. We're saved. 
He hears, even when we think that he's not hearing us, he's listening to us. And sometimes we pray and God doesn't change things. We think, oh my goodness, well, he heard, he has the petitions that we desired of him. He hears us. Number two, number one was make sure you keep growing in your faith. How to overcome problems in your marriage. Make sure you keep growing your faith. Number two, stay together. Stay together. Stay together through outside problems. When problems come from the outside and things start to happen, stay together. Your problems have a potential to tear your marriage apart if you allow them to. Recently, some friends that my wife, she's more closer to, she's closer to them than I am. They had a terrible tragedy. And we, my wife and I both said, I hope they get some help for their marriage. This is going to put a big strain on their marriage. I hope they get somebody, sits down with them, and tries to help them work through the, this problem together. You know, it wasn't long before we heard that they were now separated. Problems can tear a marriage apart, especially things that are tragic and hard to understand. Whatever the reason, it just seems to be true that outside problems can ruin a happy marriage. Have a determination that you're going to stay together and honor your marriage covenant, even through grief or loss. And the hardest thing that I've ever had to do in my entire life was bury our stillborn child. It's the most horrifying thing that we've ever been through. It was, it was, and it seemed like the whole world just kept going and we wanted to grieve our child and we, we were so hurt and in so much pain and we stood and buried our child and there was no one there except our pastor at the time came and his wife to be with us and there was the person who actually dug the grave was there and he was the only reason he was there was to, to bury the baby after we left. It was so hard for us. It was so hard that grief and pain was so hard to process. But you know what? We tried our best to be together. And that's what marriage is, is to be together through those times. That's why God made the marriage covenant so that through those tears and through those sleepless nights, when we have each other. God put us together. We have each other. And that's what marriage is all about, is being there. When there's no one else in the world to be there for you, you have your spouse. And God made marriage for that reason, to stay together. So stay together. Stay together through internal problems. Why is it that we're so shocked when we find out our spouse has a sin problem? Even though I, we struggle with sin all day and temptation all day, for some reason we act as if we're shocked when we find out our spouse has some kind of problem. If it wasn't for God's grace or maybe you could, you could potentially make the same mistake that your spouse made. Also consider that even though your spouse is wrong, you may have contributed to the problem that your spouse is having. By not being the husband that you should be or not being the wife that you should be, you could have contributed to the problem that they have. Maybe you could have prevented them from falling had you been there to hold them up. So before you point a judgmental finger at your spouse, point the finger at yourself. And this was taught by Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount. This is one of those passages of scriptures that I almost wish wasn't there. I almost wish Jesus never said it. And when you hear other preachers, I think they feel the same way. It's like they're trying to explain it away. It says it's but, you know, we want it's one of those things. But Jesus said it and it's there and it's true. He said this, judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, it shall be, you shall, ye shall be judged. And with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. That's Matthew 7, verses 1 and 2. Judge not. When you point the finger at your spouse, you, know, you say when I was little, when you point one finger at somebody, there's how many fingers pointing back at you when you hold your hand up. It's true. 
We have all these problems in our life. God says, with what judgment you meet, if you want to come down hard on your spouse, okay, I'll come down hard on you for all the things that you do wrong in your life. Now, when you sign up for marriage, you sign up for the better and the worst that you could ever experience together. But it's in those worst times that that commitment and covenant of marriage shines. It's like your relationship with God. You can't really fully appreciate his forgiveness and his mercy and his grace until you experience it. It's the same way in marriage, in the marriage covenant, it's the same way. You, the forgiving spouse learns the value and the joy of forgiving the spouse who's done wrong. And the spouse that's done wrong learns the value and joy of being forgiven, right? It's just like the gospel. Marriage mirrors what happens in the gospel. This is what marriage was made for. Made for. This is what it means to truly become one, to share heartaches and hurts and restoration with each other together. So stay together. Make sure you're growing your faith. Stay together. And number three, believe in God's plan. Trust that God has a plan. Now, you don't have to be around me long to know that I really like having a plan. Even if my plan is probably not the best plan. I like having a plan for everything. I like to plan on my day. I like to have lists. I like to do things. When I go to the store, I don't like to just browse around the store. I like to have a plan. I'm going to attack plan. I'm going to this aisle. I'm going to the frozen foods first. Then I'm going to go to the, grab a gallon of milk. And this is the way I'm going to go. I'm not going to be distracted. I'm not going to go to the cereal aisle. I'm not going to go look at this. I'm not going to look at, they're not going to distract me with big signs and sell or whatever. I'm going to go get what I need. I have a plan. I like having a plan. You know, God is the same way. He has a plan, but his plan is never flawed. My plan may have some problems with it, but his plan is never flawed. It's always right. Even if you're having problems in your life and your marriage, God has an ultimate plan and design for it. And usually that plan and that purpose involves us being more like Jesus. First Peter chapter one and verse number seven, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found in a praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, except that God is in control of your life. Sometimes things happen in your life and in your marriage, but you have to trust that God is in control of that. You know, if you have prayed and asked things to change, you know that God heard it. You keep praying, but you learn to accept those things in your life. Paul prayed about a thorn in his flesh. He had, we don't know what it was. He called a thorn in his flesh and he prayed three times for God to take it away. And when he didn't, God, he accepted that as God's will and he pressed on for God's glory. Listen to this. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9, he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. He said, even though I've got this problem, I've asked God to take it from me. I'm accepting it as God's will and I'm pressing on. That's the way the problems are in our life. We just have to believe in God's plan. How you can overcome problems in your marriage, number one, Make sure you keep growing in your faith. Number two, stay together. And number three, believe in God's plan. Father, we thank you for the privilege to be here, the privilege to know you, and the privilege to have a marriage, and the privilege it is to live for you and exemplify Christ and the church through the way that we live. And I pray that you'd help us today to have our faith and our trust in you. And may we overcome the problems in our life and our marriage by having faith in you. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Fixer Upper Marriage Podcast. To leave feedback, send an email to jason at fixeruppermarriage.org. Remember that God has something great planned for your marriage, so don't miss it.